Hi, it's Mark Evans, and you're listening to Marketing Spark. For the past year, I've mostly interviewed marketers about B2B SaaS marketing. They've offered amazing insight, and I've learned a ton along the way. But going forward, I'm going to shift the focus of the podcast. While marketing will still be part of the mix, a big part of the mix, I'm looking to interview B2B SaaS executives and entrepreneurs about their journeys. And today I'm talking to Alper Chucker, the CEO of Extensio. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Mark. Let's start with Extensio's origin story. How did the company start? What was the inspiration for it? Uh, so actually, like your audience and, and past experience with this podcast is in line with our past as well. We were originally an agency. Uh, we were not particularly a marketing agency. We were more of a UX and UI agency. But we were working with a lot of companies who were trying to go to market. So like they need to understand really all the all the uh, details of their own business so that they could get get the most impact out of the gate. Uh, so working with these companies, you know, like we were in service business uh, for a couple of years, we realized that we were actually starting really with all the, the marketing basics. Like what was the ideal per, uh, persona for you guys? Who is, you know, like how, how do you define your value proposition? What is your brand positioning? For those, we were doing all these exercises. And then at some point we said, you know what, like let's build something that, that helps us do these things for our clients. And that was basically the MVP for us. And then the, the, the initial product was a couple of uh, templates, a user persona, a, a landing page, a pitch deck, and I think it was a link canvas. Uh, so those were the initial templates or documents or projects we put in on Extensio. And when there was an interest, uh, so like first we were basically trying to solve our problem, helping these clients, which became the MVP for the product. When we saw the interest, we started putting more and more effort into Extensio and eventually Extensio took over and that became our main focus. Before we go forward, one thing I was remiss in the introduction was telling people exactly what Extensio does. So maybe you can do that for me. <laughs> Extensio is a collaboration platform uh, for uh, business communications and strategy. So we help companies uh, make better cases internally or externally through uh, collateral. So it's essentially a document builder with a built-in template base that enables marketers, salespeople, entrepreneurs, uh, operations, HR, you name it. Like we are very horizontal at this point. Uh, we're basically a, a platform where people create better business content. You start off as a service company. You feel this pain or this need or a problem you need to solve. So you start developing these templates. How did you start to attract your first customers and users? Was it clients of yours? Did you, was it word of mouth? How did those first customers come on board? So the first iteration, like we, we first realized that there was interest around one particular template first, and it was the user persona. This was like, now it's a more, like more common, but you know, um, when we started like five, six years ago, it wasn't. So, and people were trying to really understand what the user persona is, how they should use it, how should they go about it. So the initial initial version that we did was just a PDF. It wasn't even a product. It was some, some PDF we put on Behance and our own website. And then we put together a how-to guide along with it on our website. 
and then we started seeing that there's interest in this. And so then when we first launched the product, which was about five years ago, it it didn't do you know even a fraction of what it does now. But it was just a page builder, and we clearly saw from the from the beginning that we needed to give it a purpose. So just having a you know page builder for documents was not good enough at that point for people. So the templates that we already built for in PDF uh, for user persona became the first template we also built on Extensio, and that match started driving people. So the initial one we had our own clients and customers uh, that wanted to use it. So like that was good interest. Then any anybody who we put basically a link on the same Behance post on our website saying, "Hey, now there is an interactive version of this. Go try it." And we started seeing uh, adoption through there. And then when we at a launch, we went to the usual places like Product Hunt, etc. And like we were also seeing people just posting in places like Reddit, uh, Reddit, etc. And then we were getting also traffic from those resources as well. So it was all uh, inbound, pretty much. So like we created something that people needed, and and we put it in a couple of places and hoped for the best, and it works. Yeah, a lot of companies evolve from services to product, and they launch something, they put it out there, and it. It's a hit or it's a miss. And I'm curious about when you knew. What was that moment when you knew that Extensio, this product that you had launched, had evolved from a concept or something that was interesting to a going concern to the point where you knew this was a business, This knew that you knew that you were going to shift the focus of Extensio from services to product? Was there a, a moment in time? Was it, Did something happen that made you realize, okay, this is a business now and we're going to, this is how we're going to move forward. We were lucky to have the agency running because when you're doing that and have a side project, there's less stress. So we didn't have investors to this day. We're still bootstrapped. Uh, So like we were able to build that product to a point where it was really valuable for people. Uh, And when we saw that it got sticky for some people and now looking back, we've seen that those are the people, well, these people need to create something that looks professional. They need to create something that is impactful. They need to create something on brand and they're not able to do it. So we realized that our competition was not other tools. So like these were not people like who would go do it on Photoshop or Illustrator. These were the people who would hire designers. So our competition was mostly actually other uh, design outlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, when we realized that, you know, like then building the additional templates to help that group of people helped us bring more people in. And then like we, we started building a lot of analytics around the product where we, we still see that usage. And the moment one, I mean, I mean, when we launched on product hunt, it was the most popular second most popular for that day. So that was, you know, that was something there, but it, it, again, like it's just a lot of the times data shows you something, but it doesn't reveal the whole story. So you like if it's data is really good for growing something, but it's not great for innovating something. So like you take the data and you're inspired by it. So like we said, you know what? Actually, what we built can be utilized for these things as well. So we started building all these additional features and addition, and, and also like you know, the moment you start uh, putting something out there, you start getting feedback or lack of feedback, which are you know <laughs> right. both good in terms of steering you know your your vision. And it's it's a it's a journey. So like we started seeing the interest uh, once we saw traffic coming from Reddit. When we start 
seeing traffic coming from product hunt when we start seeing more people you know uh, instead of using the pdf version using this uh when we started seeing them coming back uh, for doing other stuff and when we started seeing feedback they were getting saying oh you know what it would be great if you could do this as well on your product like that was the moment or that was the phase where we said you know what we should put more effort into this and having the agency helped us have a smoother safer transition here's a softball question or perhaps a loaded question or perhaps a really tough question to answer when you look back over the last five to six years the journey that extensio has been on what do you think the keys are to its success? And I ask that because many, many startups fail because there's no need for the product. So when you look back at mm-hmm. your own journey, is mm-hmm. it because it was the right product at the right time? Is it because of the insight that you gained along the way? Was it because you were creating something new and different? Like, What are some of the key elements that you can attribute to the success that you've had? A lot of the times companies are looking for that silver bullet. And sometimes some of them are really lucky they get that silver bullet early on. For us, it was really the whole, everything you just mentioned. And on top of that, you know, the encapsulating concept I think is persistent. So like we were seeing things that worked, seeing things that didn't work. So we were constantly evolving to this day, like, you know, like we're uh, still agile. So every two weeks, you know, like there's a new push and like there's a future that is being improved positioning that's being changed, a new piece of content that's being launched. We're a small team, but like we are constantly trying to improve things. So being persistent about evolving has been helpful for us. And and that evolution is driven by a couple of things. One, the users, right? So like the they 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 tell us a lot now again with their data, with their feedback or with with, with lack of their data and feedback. So we use that to determine how we should steer this ship. And also, you know, like we are artists at heart as well. So we also try to look at, you know, the world out there and say like, you know what, like we can do better or we can do this in a different way. So we, like, I mean, it wasn't the shortest path that we took. It was really a wind road. But again, the the journey, I think one of the things that helped us was not uh, raising funds. From, from you know a VC, because like then you know the, then we would have less time. Then we would be making promises that would be hard to keep. Mm-hmm. So like we were able to control our destiny a little bit better, and and be a little bit more flexible throughout this time because we were both trapped. So you launched something that people like using. It's a product that is sticky. You're seeing inbound demand for it. It's obvious that this is a business that you could move forward with. When did you realize that marketing needed to be part of the mix? And what were the first moves that you made from a marketing perspective? Like what were the first strategic or tactical decisions that you made to actually get marketing to be part of the DNA of the company? From the beginning. But from the beginning marketing, yeah. Like it's it's it wasn't in a very conventional marketing. It was more about, you know, like this was the time where inbound was becoming more popular and you know everybody started hating banners and you know inbound emails and all that stuff more and more obviously uh, and personally that wasn't in line with who I am like I really wanted to provide something that is valuable still market it in the right places or put it in front of the right people and then then you know hope that they will 
use it and then that's going to turn into an avalanche right so like when so when we first launched one content was from the get-go uh, a big piece of extensions journey like mm-hmm. I mean, we launched it with pretty much with no no templates and nothing happened the first couple of weeks then when we started uh, releasing those templates that was the time where we started seeing interest because like now all of a sudden it's it ties into a more specific need you know like i'm trying to do better marketing or i'm trying to launch this product i'm trying to yeah raise funds for my startup all those things they had all those groups had a better need for a product like extensio and also from the beginning we also built some reference referral loops into the product as well so like you would sign up and then you would invite people and they would like I, at that point, about 25% of our own users were coming through other users' referrals. Mm-hmm. So like that, all that thing. And, and again, like we, we, for the first year, it, it, we were not making any money from this. Or maybe like for, for the first year and a half. It was more about here's a product, use it, give us feedback, we'll evolve it, we'll improve it. And that usage eventually was like, okay, now like we can start monetizing this thing. You know, one of the interesting things when it comes to entrepreneurs and marketing is many of them start with product. It's all about the product. They're building a better mousetrap because they have identified a problem or they just see an opportunity. Next is sales. The entrepreneur becomes the head of product, but they also become the head of sales. And mm-hmm. eventually they look towards marketing as being a growth catalyst. In some cases, it's, it's almost a, necess- a sort of a necessary evil as opposed to something they want to do. But it sounds like Extensio really embraced, saw marketing as a key part of how the company moved forward. Now, not, not have been traditional marketing. I mean, you were doing some content marketing, but also some user marketing. Did you think about marketing as something as a siloed activity or is it was it just something that came naturally or something that was just part of growing the community and growing growing the business over time? Mm-hmm. So we were, again, like the agency being a consultancy for startups mostly at that point. We had a really clear understanding of everything you just mentioned. Like we, we were also already telling all these uh, clients, look, it's not about the product. It's not about sales. We need to build something that is useful for people. We need to build it at a time where they know that they need it. Or we would need to educate them. It's going to be tough. You know, like they, you know, how do we differentiate you? All those things were built into our DNA, even if we're just doing UX or UI, or maybe like just an onboarding screen or something for, for an app. It was all about like, are we answering the, the right questions for the users? And we always believed in this concept. Every startup or every business stands on three feet. So there's a problem. There's a group that uh, has that problem and there's a storytelling that makes these two uh, connect together. Mm-hmm. So if one of these are lacking, so like, which may be like, you know, like the, the problem is not valid or there's nobody with that problem or like you're not doing a good job telling that story so that the, pro- the person with the problem is not interested or not aware of your, your solution. From the beginning, this was built into our DNA. We, we, we knew that, you know, like we had to build something that targets the problem and then makes a story that would be valuable for the person who has that problem. And in our case, that was the startup who was trying to build a brand. That was the company who was trying to streamline communications internally. That was the VC firm that was trying to source better startups, whatever it is. Like the, in, when you're, a lot of the products are way easier to explain. We do this on your warehouse and their data becomes like this. It's great. So like it's easier to market as well. 
one of the ambitions of Extensio is it's very horizontal. Like, so like you can use it for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So like for that reason, our marketing is very bucketed. So like when we talk to an agency, we say certain things because the value we bring for them is very different than the value we bring for, let's say, a first startup. One is maybe for about uh, working better with clients and building their brand. Maybe the other one is like about going to market or raising funds. So like it's, uh, but the, 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 the core is, you know, like all these groups, you look at the personas again. And say like, okay, this this group is getting this value. And a lot of the times, we this was also a lesson that we learned along, along the way. It's not about fixing your problems. It's really about finding your strengths and doubling down on them more than anything else. So in our case, like we are not trying to be an alternative to PowerPoint. Like they have a lot of powerful or Prezi or, you know, any, anything out there. They have a lot of powerful uh, features. We're not going to be building all, building all those because if we do then we would be hurting ourselves. Instead, what are the areas that we're more successful at? Like making it simple, you know, providing a starting point for these people. Making it so simple that, you know, there's pretty much no learning curve. You can just go in there, get what you need in in a couple of minutes. Quick question. Does Extensio have marketing people on board? No, nobody dedicated. So like we have customer success and product and myself. And then we work with, well, when we realize that, you know, uh, this inbound is going to be the main course of action for our marketing, obviously we started putting more effort into, you know, making sure that Google likes us uh, through SEO. So like we are, we, when we hire, let's say a web person, we make sure that they, they're not only good with code, but they understand all the basics of SEO. And throughout time, like I got better at, you know, content and, and SEO and like making the research keywords and all that stuff but no there's no at this point there's nobody who's solely responsible about marketing so what kind of marketing does extensio do and and who does it is it all internal do you use freelancers and and contractors so the content gets created by us uh and you know like we use interns we use seasonal contractors where we say okay now like we're building additional content uh, to, right now extensio is about a little bit over 50 instructional templates and about 100 editable examples. So that's, and for all of these, we have landing pages and how to guides as well. So all that content, you know, brings up a couple of hundred pages on our website that drives most of the traffic. And through good content, we get a lot of, uh, so we also don't do SEO just to, you know, trick Google. It doesn't work. It's about really, adding value. So we try to create multiple times better content than anything out there. For example, you know, if you're building, uh, let's say, a sales strategy document, then we, we, we go do the research, look at everything out there and try to create something that r- really uh, helps people perform better. And when that happens, we automatically start seeing this content going to places that we didn't even dream of. Like, you know, sometimes government sites, you know, mention us sometimes. A lot of the universities mention us, and that that has a lot of clouds that that brings us uh, even better positioning as well. So, content creation is like just distributed inside the company. 
What about other types of marketing? Are you any advertising? Do you go to conferences? Do you do webinars? Do you do eBooks? Or is it all simply about blog posts? I'm just curious about the portfolio or the arsenal we, that you're using. We have an affiliate program, which you know we set it up, uh, I think it was two years ago, and we're not really doing anything about it. People sign up and they refer Extensio and they get 25% uh, of the revenue for life. So if anybody's interested, you can just go to extensio.com slash affiliates check out and that that's that has been one of the venues but we don't buy any ads we're not in conference this year actually gonna be in a couple of conferences but uh i mean i go to conferences to to learn and network myself but like extensio has not done any sponsorships we didn't get any boots none of those things uh we, we haven't tried ads that that's something we, we may try uh, next year it's been mostly the content again the advantage of being a content creation platform is you create the content in the platform. So right. That's, that's been one one uh, advantage that we have over just creating regular blog posts, which is like super saturated. We were doing that at the agency and it worked great, but this was like 2010. Right. So like now, like it's 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 really hard to get attention because there's so much content out there. Looking back, what are the biggest marketing lessons that you've learned along the way? Both good things that you've learned and some of the things that mm -hmm. you've learned to avoid that simply doesn't work or it's just not doesn't work for for your company. So like when you a couple of years like when you first start, there's no baggage. So you can just do something and then move on to the next thing. But over time actually we realize that every decision we make comes with a lot of the things that we need to support that we did in the past as well. You know, like we can just, for example, just move on to another affiliate marketing platform because we got a couple of thousand people who are using that already. So like right. the change becomes a little bit harder as you mature. Uh, and one of the things that we made is, I think was not realizing the longer term of cost, cost of things. For example, uh, and I'm going to name this because, you know, like it's it's been a, Bad experience for us, Intercom. Mm -hmm. uh, I see your Intercom uh, using Intercom as well, which is great if you got, you know, you know, let's say a thousand people visiting and like doing something and then you're sending messages. But at some point, like our free plan we're, was bringing about like 17,000 people a month. And all of a sudden, Intercom's expense started exploding. So like that wasn't the decision that we thought a lot about when we first adapted the tool. And all of a sudden, like now all our campaigns are in there, our, you know, like our uh, support is in there, like there's a knowledge base there, all the things they, they, they built, we were just, you know, taking them and like running with it because like it's the easier thing to do. But you need to be careful about your model versus the platform you use as model. Like in, in, in Intercom's space, case for example they're all about you know those user base but like they're not really built for companies like us where there's a freemium model where you would have like thousands of people use the platform and so like not, and that change changing things and finding the the better options that fits our business model uh was one of the challenges we went through as far as the marketing landscape right now when you look at the fact that Primarily, your marketing is being driven by content, which drives inbound. You mentioned that content 
is becoming more crowded. It's harder to break through. How do you see the marketing landscape? As a B2B SaaS entrepreneur, what does the marketing landscape look like to you? Like, What do you see as some of the most interesting trends or, or things that you're going to explore in 2022 as you try to drive growth, bring new, new users onto the platform, or conversely, try to keep your users on the platform? I think that you know, moving forward, there are a couple of things that is becoming more obvious. One, outbound is getting harder and harder and harder. Uh, so like we're a product-led uh, growth company, and we like that. So like we're gonna we're doubling down on that. So like making the product better, uh, targeting the right audience, and being at the places that 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 audience exists is our main focus. I get dozens of messages on LinkedIn. My email is at this point, you know, like I get a lot of inquiries from all sorts of places. And like, I'm just going like marking them as spam, like deleting them, like first sentence, I get it, like, let's move on. So like my morning style is like that. And obviously like marketers are going to find other places. Now actually like I get SMSs, I get cold calls, you know, like it's, it's annoying. It's going to get more annoying. And I don't want to be a part of that annoying part. I want to be on the good side of the story as much as I can. So like we're going to keep being on that side as much as we can. Some of the trends that I'm seeing moving forward is content is getting uh, harder to get traffic with because everybody's trying it, but it doesn't mean that there's a good content out there. You know, like there's going to be always good content and that's going to be always performing. One of the main takeaways I've seen the last couple of years is we are all media companies. And I don't mean just uh, uh, the products or the companies. I mean also people as well as people as well. Like everybody's now a media company or a media personality, a media entity. What that means is, you know, like people are going to need a reason to believe what you say or to somebody else's. And that doesn't happen, again, with just a couple of sentences you say. It happens over time. So the brand marketing is becoming more of a value in my mind through being a media company again. And that, that and you know, like some of the things we see explode is obviously podcasts, right? So, and video is, it, become, it became so accessible. It's, I think, just a psychological barrier for us. It's just a little bit harder to be on camera than, you know, like just writing something that you can fix 20 times, do revisions. But having said that, the thing that performs in my mind, most nowadays is is vulnerability. Not being the perfect person out there, but being who you are with all the little errors and faults that you have. Like that's that's the brand. Just embracing that and like being genuine, I think is 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 going to be key moving forward for not only for people but also for companies. If there was one marketing channel or activity that Extensio would embrace in 2022, what would that be? We're, we're definitely doubling down on content, uh, mm. mostly the kind of content that is unique to us, which is templates in our case. Uh, so like, again, like we, we want to make that library not bloated, but definitely more inclusive. So like that's why we're, our focus is for the first two quarters of 2022. And then, you know, like we are seeing a lot of potential again from video, we may go into that. And also stepping a little bit away from inbound through search, which has been the main bread and butter for Extensio, we want to put more focus on the brand itself as well. So like we're actually doing a lot of partnerships, a lot of, uh, we're supporting the startup ecosystem, marketing ecosystem, sales ecosystem, as much as we can through you know, professional organizations, through meetups, 
through webinars, etc. So we want to be partnering with anybody who is doing anything in those fields and be, out of the, be a part of their, their journey and support them with our uh, platform as much as possible because we want to make sure that Extensio is the communications and strategy platform for those groups. Alper, this has been an excellent and inspiring conversation. Where can people learn more about you and Extensio? Extensio.com. And then uh, I'm sure you'll include all my links, LinkedIn, Twitter. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marketing Spark. If you enjoyed the conversation, leave a review, subscribe via iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, and share via social media. To learn more about how I help B2B SaaS companies as a fractional CMO, strategic advisor, and coach, send an email to mark at marketingspark.co or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll talk to you soon.